So yeah, that aged quickly. Uh, me and Laurie recorded this episode on the 7th of March. So that's about a month after Singapore went code orange. And about two weeks before the world imploded. Um, yeah, we. this is proof that people can be so stupid even just two weeks ago. So me and Laurie were pretty fucking stupid um two weeks ago we our comments about um coronavirus were insensitive um callous and really out of touch and we actually just talked about it for like i think over 10 10 minutes just because we didn't really didn't have like opinions of it was more how it it was inconveniencing us so, um, yeah, I arrived here about, I think, one or two weeks after we went on Code Orange. And though Singapore wasn't panicking anymore, um, it really felt like entering a, <clears throat> a twilight zone was different. But then we were, we adjusted well. Um, <clears throat> that's the thing with Singapore, like, we'll complain a bit, but then we still, we still follow at the end of the day, whatever guidelines was given to us by the government in our offices. And, yeah, we were, we were already used to our new normal, we weren't happy about it, um, there were some restrictions, but in general, life didn't change. Um, Dory was still going out, I was still in my happy bubble. And so, there was no impending doom, but there was there was worry. Um, I knew I had to worry because, just because of uh, there were uncertainty, but we can still push it aside because, like I mentioned, our life really didn't change. It's just just a few restrictions, and we we found it you're actually quite irritated with it and like why do we need to do this blah 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 but then again we were still following um actually when my office went on officially went on split teams um there was we were not happy about it because like i thought singapore got this under control and i think at the time the the cases were actually going down and now it's yeah two weeks later we are hopefully we're less stupid (laughs) and it's really a different world um tensions are high uh this morning i actually i snapped at joey because we were both i mean we were both worried for our parents and our relatives back home um both our parents are there um are alone my parents don't have a helper and her mom is just by herself and even if we don't want them to go out they they have to go out because um they need to they need to eat and so yeah we're now we're in this constant worry but can't do anything about it and so uh yeah i'm going back me and laurie were stupid we're so fucking stupid (laughs) and we, we apologize for that um now it's the new normal (laughs) yeah this is this is our new normal we have to um adapt quickly and 
yeah we decided to we decided to keep this part of the pod we didn't edit it out just to demonstrate that yeah people are stupid and we're not exempt and to also show that how things can change this fast so this is just i think in the span of two weeks and everything changed up until actually up until even i think even after trump went on uh did his first press conference and after the market market tanked i think i was still kind of okay but then when malaysia announced that they were closing the borders that's when i started to like my internal panic started to go up because like even if at some point they didn't close the the routes for trade but at some point if everything is closed then the supplies will run out and singapore is so tiny and that's when i think that's when it hit me Um, my parents were pretty cool about it at the start so I didn't really worry immediately but it's not easy like day in day out Um, yeah and it's going to be like for a month and it's not just these things that you worry about there are other things um, connected to this that you need to worry about so it's a yeah it's um, uh, high tension but this is again this is this is our new normal and we need to quickly adapt and yeah let's revel in our stupidity two weeks ago um again apologies we we didn't think it's going to get this out of hand we thought it's just gonna be here and anyway so um enjoy the pod enjoy our stupidity and stay safe guys the views and opinions expressed in this podcast by the host and their guests are their own and do not reflect the official policy views or opinions of any organization agency employee or company this podcast is for entertainment purposes if you need any advice or information for or about filipino working overseas Please direct your questions to the nearest embassy or POE. Okay! <laughs> My first podcast. Yeah, so now... <laughs> so, uh, I actually don't know how to start this. It's awkward, kind of. But anyway... Yes, but so anyway, um, I have with me Lori from France and and another island in the Caribbean. Also that. Yeah. So and originally from the Caribbean. You were born in Caribbean. I was born in Caribbean. Yes. So and then you there like when you were six months old. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you're Persian. Anyway, so I have it with um I asked her to join me because me and Jogi can't seem to find a time to do a podcast together. And we also want to get a a non-Asian's perspective or a non-Filipino's perspective in um in moving or in being an expat in an Asian country. 
and she's also black. Yeah. So which adds another dynamic to her experience. Um, but having said that, I want to open the this episode with a coronavirus discussion because <laughs> we haven't done anything of that and. <laughs> Um, it has been a month since the yellow alert. Oh, the the orange now. Uh, orange. orange alert. I think, yeah, maybe a month. It's, yeah. it's been a month and we thought it was getting back to get, uh, getting better. No. But since Korea and Indonesia was late in the party, <laughs> it's going up again. Yeah. So how is it? Because you were here for the whole shebang. Yeah. I was there when they turned from yellow to orange and it was chaotic. Obviously, everyone was going to stores and like taking toilet paper, not sure why, and destroying all the shelves that had rice or dry it, it, what, They were destroying? Or it dist- maybe like, Yeah, taking everything they can. Noodles, we had no noodles, we had no rice. We had no toilet paper, no condoms. Uh, Priorities. Yeah, exactly. Well, at least they, <laughs> at have, least they have fun. They have that. At least they, they plan for entertainment. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, it was a bit chaotic. And then the moment the Prime Minister made his announcement, it was like people started to calm down and understand that it was a situation, but like that we still could relax and live the life uh, as normal. Um, so yeah, that's, that was the, when we changed to, from yellow to orange and then everyone started saying we have to, uh, work from home and this and that. And like Paula said, uh, it all started to like phase out and now we're back to, to panic me. Actually, I was, I left, I left Singapore, um, 20th December, only went back for real 17th of Feb, on sixteenth of Feb, so it was really like walking in a twilight zone, and you get embarrassed trying to sneeze or get. I mean, people look at you. They will look at you, and they will like. I haven't been in an MRT since I got back. I've always just taken buses. All right. So they told me like it's worse in the MRT. Yeah, for sure. They were yeah, and then my housemate was like he. He's afraid of asking for, you know, those strep sales oh, yeah. thing. Because even in his office, like, you you feel something, three, three day yeah, MC. Yeah. So yeah, it's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. And so now actually in my my office, we're doing split teams. Mm. And apparently, because ev- since I joined every Friday, it's work from home. Nice. <laughs> it's true, but I didn't think that. So in our regular work from home, right? Doesn't matter where you work from home, yeah. if where you work as long as you work. Yeah. But during this situation, apparently the the rule is you fucking stay in your house. Yeah. So I was like, oh, so the past two Fridays that I'm doing it, I'm I'm doing it wrong. Yeah, I'm doing it wrong. <laughs> it's really a pain in the ass. Yeah, I mean, I don't mind the work from home thing. To me, it's like actually a good thing because I love my own space. But it's just, yeah, it's troublesome in terms of traveling and all that is a bit more, yeah, yeah you need to be. But actually, that's the thing, I really don't know. It's not, it doesn't look deadly, so why are we panicking? Exactly. But exactly. then, 
Yeah. Yeah. People, I mean, I'm going out. Last Friday, I was out and like, they take your temperature before going in the club. But like, people it's still so out. Weird. Yeah, it's, it's weird. But like, everyone's still out drinking and like, touching each other and this and that. I'm like, are we sure there is this virus around? Because like, people are still living as per normal. So it's just, yeah, troublesome. But I guess we live with it. Yeah, but I mean, it's still because like my friend, she she has she has like symptoms, and oh. like okay, we're staying away from you. <laughs> yeah, it's been weird. I hope it it's over. Soon. Yeah, but it's not. I think we're only beginning. If anything, but it's it, I I think I told you before this is the perfect time to travel. But then you're also paranoid. Yeah. You might get quarantined. Yeah, exactly. This and also, like, what if the germ is in the plane? Oh, definitely. Yeah, so this. So, yeah, we try to stay healthy, work out, eat healthy, drink water, boost the immune system. That's all we can do. Yeah. And hopefully, like, because my, actually my housemate was, was um, telling me a story because she's in sales in education. Mm. So she deals with, and the target market are expats. So she had this one case a few, I think even before I got back, that a Chinese family was inquiring. Mm. And so she was asking a lot of questions to the Chinese woman. And she said the Chinese woman was pretending not to understand her. Cause the reason why she thought that is she was she was answering some questions and not answering the others. Right. Okay. And so, so and I mean it wasn't really her questions was um which school which school did your um did your kids attend to blah, blah blah so she wasn't answering that. So she asked the kids. So the first kid she, she the first kid said uh, a school. That I mean, she doesn't really know. So I'm like, okay, blah blah. blah. The second kid said it's you, babe, blah blah blah. <gasps> and she was like, mm, okay, what? Let me talk to my, let me talk to my boss, blah blah. blah. And then immediately went to the next room. That's the thing, cause I mean, this close, right? It's me, be sensitive enough, mm. you know. And apparently, there sure. are a lot of people who have been banned for life in Singapore yeah, because they did it this close. I heard. But good for them. I mean, they got what they deserve. Yeah. True. I mean, we don't know what it is and we need to take the situation seriously no matter what because that's what they tell us to do, right? And if they say quarantine is quarantine, just stay home and... I mean, it's even it's not even like quarantine in the office uh, in the hospital. Yeah, it's, it's self quarantine. Yeah, so come exactly. on, guys, cooperate. Yeah, cooperate. Yeah, be cooperative. Harika, <laughs> <laughs> um, be respectful of others. Exactly, mindful of others yeah. for sure. But yeah, so I was talking to Juno yesterday. Oh, yeah. About how is it like there? Right. Like it's gotten worse. So they hired another person. Right. And she was like, it's obvious he doesn't know what he's doing. Because mm. obviously, it's his first days and he's mm. not in the office, right? Yeah. So, so I told her, well, the, you can think of it this way. He can fuck up all he wants. He, yeah. It's not his problem. It's not his fault. And he still gets paid, right? True. But I'm sure it's very... Yeah, I mean, yeah. For some context, Juno is our colleague sitting in the... Or oh, ex-colleague oh, yeah, yeah. for Paula. My colleague's there. Uh, she's sitting in the Shanghai office. Yeah, so, so 
Yeah. She has it full on, I guess. It's been more than a month, I think, since they've been working mm. from home. Yeah. So, yeah. That's our uh, take on coronavirus. <laughs> be safe, guys. Yeah, be safe. Always um, wash your hands. At all times. Yeah. <laughs> the... So I saw I saw news like the Purell the hand sanitizer mm. one is selling like for two hundred fifty USD mm. on Amazon. What <laughs> Purell? So it's kind of crazy, but so thankful for this. Yes, I I mean I still have four um isopropyl alcohol. Oh wow! So um if you run out, just yeah, let me know. I'm trying to keep it. I mean, use it as little as possible. But yeah, it's just, yeah, it's crazy. Even in Europe, people start to freak out. Europe, Australia, Germany, everyone yeah. starts to... Actually, my French boss is in France. He doesn't oh. know if he, he will be... Back, yeah. yeah, if he can come back. Yeah, I'm going in April, so hopefully I get quarantined over there. I don't mind. It's, I heard it's not bad to be quarantined in Vietnam. Why? Because you're like in a compound. Like a oh, nice... Yeah. <laughs> so it's not all bad, guys. Yeah, it's not all bad. But okay, I mean, it's really not that. I mean, there are casualties, but it's not deadly. So let's just let's be rational about this, <laughs> and just do our due diligence. True. And Singapore is, I think, the third highest uh, incidence in the country, right? And we're still we're still pretty cool here. Yeah. So yeah, we chill. I, but I don't remember from. Since I was born, or from since I remember, anyway, have we ever seen anything like that? Ebola was not like that. SARS no. was not like that. Or I no, know. I don't have any. When was call. SARS? What year was that? I think twenty early two thousand. I think. Oh okay. So I, or two thousand five, but I don't want to. I think something like that. Um, Ebola was not like that. When was the yeah? True. Yeah, it was. I feel like it's. Everyone. The cases, the new cases actually in Philippines, they can't, the, the, the guy mm-hmm. didn't have any travel history or didn't have close contacts with like Chinese Koreans. Yeah, it's crazy. And they say you can travel, I mean, you can get it from feces. Huh? Um, but yeah. wait, why are you going? No, no, no. <laughs> well, that's the thing. <laughs> so feces? how do you contact it? Yeah. I read it, I read it. <laughs> I read it. No, okay, so what happens is, let's say I got the virus and I go have a poop, take a poop, don't wash my hands, and then I come, I see you, hi Paula, shake your hands. Why will you not wash your hands? No, obviously not, obviously. Well, you know how, yeah, you know how hygienic I I am, obviously, but that's the, how they say you could contact it, which is crazy. Because the amount of people who do not wash their hands, I see them when I when I'm in the office toilet, or like they wash their hands like one hand, and then gone. That's it. No soap, no nothing. Yeah. Yeah. So that's also scary. Don't touch anyone. Stay six feet apart. I guess far away from each other. And so if our sounds from this recording is a bit yeah, far, oh, it's because um, we're... Yeah, we're getting, uh, trying to like be the further <laughs> away as possible. Actually, my, my housemate also said apparently there's already two strains of it. Meaning? Two types of the, oh, the virus. Yeah. So the, the intense one is in China, yeah. obviously. And then 
Mm. Ah, I don't know. What's, what's, what is it all about? Not sure. I don't yeah. know where it all comes from. We'll never know, I think. I think my in my conspiracy theory mind, mm. I think it's bio-warfare gone wrong. Like, it's not yet ready for release. Yeah, maybe. And then some stupid uh, scientist like, went out, didn't disinfect and spread it. Yeah, yeah, that's our coronavirus take, and we're going to take a break. And we're back. So after disinfecting ourselves again, <laughs> so now we're going to talk about Laurie's experience um, as an expat here. What what made her move to Singapore? What made her choose to go here? Um, yeah, so what's your story, Laurie? Right, well, I've been in Singapore now for seven years, uh, a long seven years, I would say. <laughs> uh, I initially came in 2010 for an internship, which was for four months. Uh, it was to complete my bachelor degree, and I loved it. The four months in 2010 was amazing young me and I go all the party I was going out from like Wednesday to Sunday yeah and did you study yeah actually <laughs> actually I did have some days where we would sleep in the toilets because mm. of too much fighting but yeah it was often so I decided I went back home in 2010 after the internship uh, to graduate and got my get my master's and then after the master's I basically decided to come back in 2013 and not left since uh why Singapore why, why did you go back I guess because I I really enjoyed it it was really nice and at the time I had a lot of work job opportunity in 2010 so I was like you know oh, when you were doing your internship yeah, yeah so people were telling me why don't you stay I've got this job and like this and that it was the time where before Singapore started closing the doors to expats Okay. And then I came back. Yeah, 2010 was Yeah, it was, so I pretty. think, the last few years before they started to, like, yeah. say, you guys stay in your house. Um, so I, I came back in 2013, and 2013 was a completely different dynamic. So no job offers. It was a lot harder. Was it because the government was already putting yeah. in restrictions? Okay. Yeah, a lot of restrictions. Um, I mean, they still do now, but 2013 was, I guess, when... It's it all started, started, yeah. And so I basically took my savings, left the boyfriend that I had at the time, quit my job, and packed and left. Yeah, uh, all alone to find a job. And Did was, you have prospects before you going here? Or it was completely, uh, I'm going there, I'm gonna, I'm gonna start there? I had a resume ready. <laughs> the resume was ready and then... But did I, you study again? What, what kind of jobs were you going to? Okay, so I studied uh, applied uh, languages applied to trade. Okay. So I speak basically Spanish, English and French and I basically learned it in the context of trading and doing business mm. overseas. So I, do, I did that. And when I came, uh, because I had a fashion-oriented background back in Paris, mm. I was working in a lot of fashion brands. I wanted to continue that way. Mm. 
But oh well, we know Singapore and their fashion scene. Um, no offense. No, so I mean, when you left there, you you obviously knew that the fashion scene in Singapore was dry. So kinda, I I knew it was smaller than Paris for sure, but I didn't know that it was gonna be that bad. Bad in what way? Like it's limited or it's the... limited. It's limited and uh, all the big brands. Cause I was trying to target the big ones, so all the Chanel, Hermes, mm, yeah. and all that. And uh, all those brands, they actually only hire people who comes from like a certain yeah. type of school or a certain type of background, which I clearly did not have. I had my master's, but that was no, all. Yeah. Um, I did my it best. It was in fashion yeah, related. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, realized that a bit later. And I it actually was not able to find a proper job uh, until maybe a good year. My first EP was like probably a year and a half after. How did you survive? Yeah. No, no, so wait, before we jump to that. So, like, how did you go about finding a job? Because if your target was the fashion, the big fashion houses, mm-hmm. then what was your, that was option one didn't pan out. So what was? So, um, I was trying to network a lot. Mm. So, I was going out a lot because that's how Singapore yeah. is. You go out, you meet people, exchange name cards. So, I actually got, You had name yeah, cards I done? Did, yeah, I got name cards done. Here? Yeah, in oh, Singapore. Expensive. <laughs> yeah, expensive. Anyway. But then I had to do it so that people remember me. And like I remember under my name, we had like a catchy, uh, catchy sentence so that... People can like Is oh, it? That's the girl, yeah. Do you still have a copy of that? No, sadly. Uh, Actually, maybe it's a good thing. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, we should not. Yeah, yeah. Actually, don't remember the cash, and I don't want to remember it. Guys, I was yeah, <laughs> like the self starter, <laughs> something like that, or yeah, I don't something like that. But yeah, um. So yeah, going out a lot and meeting people, sending CV when. Uh, when I see opportunities, I actually remember going through newspaper. Oh, in twenty thirteen. Twenty thirteen. But then at that time, LinkedIn wasn't. LinkedIn was not as yeah. active. But yeah, wow! I just remember newspaper. that the newspaper, like the proper newspaper you Ooh. buy every morning. Yeah. No, but they they have a. Because that's what I did when I was looking for a job. They yeah, they had the newspaper, but they also had the online version. Yeah, of that. yeah, yeah. I don't know why I went that route. Probably to increase my chances. Um, did not work the newspaper, obviously. Um, so yeah, and I was. What worked? What worked was mass emailing. So emailing to as much people as possible, mm. and I actually at the time had contact with a company that have database of emails and people who you, you could potentially send uh, your CV to. Oh, yeah? So it was like thousands of emails mm. in the fashion industry or related to fashion. Yeah. And I then used that as well. And that one worked. Okay. Uh, it worked. So that was my first job only three months but after. But was it three months after? Three months after. So after a year? Yeah. That was, that was after a year, right? Yeah. And but it was still a uh, passion related. Mm. How horrible was that job? Oh my god! It was. 
the first one was so bad. It was not even fashion, fashion. It was like a e-commerce website. She had a bit of fashion, so I was like, okay, fine, I'll deal with that. She was just selling everything and anything. But um, this this was pre Lazada. Yeah, pre Lazada. But the, the boss or my boss was crazy at the time. She would like. She had cameras in the office. She would never come in the come in the office. Is it because um the warehouse was there? Yeah, we had oh, the goods. Okay. But I think she also wanted to like keep an eye on us, so she would never come in the office. And um, sometimes she would call us to do something, to do a task, and then she'd be like, "Can you do it now? I can see you're not doing it." <laughs> yeah, she was crazy. Or ask people to go and buy. Uh, food for her and then when the food comes she's like it's not what I asked what the f- yeah crazy girl I wish I could say her name yeah. uh, so yeah. how how soon did when you accepted the job did mm. you know that this isn't gonna last I just need a job yeah yeah I knew I knew right away I just needed to not get the saving empty to not empty the savings So yeah. how did you manage your finances during that one year? Uh, during the one year, I mean, I had my savings, and sometimes my parents helping me. Yeah, <laughs> until I decided that I did not want their help anymore. Um, uh, but that was only to get me started, yeah. I guess. Um, uh, so saving was like quite, uh, useful in a way, but also trying to you know, not eat in. Fancy yeah. places or a lot of cup noodles and you yeah well yeah back then so just back FYI Laurie is a health nut <laughs> she eats clean <laughs> when we want to eat ramen she's probably going to add another hour during her workout <laughs> regimen so you were eating cup no- it's not even good good no, noodles yeah, the bad ones <laughs> like the two minute cup noodle um, these are McDonald's a lot. Yeah. Were you working eat. out? No, actually. I was still young by then. Um, yeah, no, I wasn't working out. Oh. I wasn't, yeah. Oh, I didn't know it was that bad. Yeah, it was bad. It was bad. I mean, the first few years in Singapore definitely was very hard. Your parents didn't, um, like, encourage you to just go back? Yeah, of course, yeah. And what made you decide I'm gonna power through this I'm, I'm quite resilient in that sense mm. so I don't just say I'm giving up when there is a bump so I knew it was hard and I knew it was gonna be harder even but I was like I'm determined I've gone all the way to Singapore and I was I, I really wanted to be successful um, so yeah but did you have like it's one thing to Like no, I'm not gonna give up. Blah blah blah. But yeah. did you have an idea of when when it's time to like throw the towel? Yeah. So I think when my saving was off, I got to a point where I still did not have it. Um, yeah, I still did not have. Yeah. The oh, yeah, cut that off as well. It, uh, it got yeah. to a point where I basically my saving was exhausted. Yeah, no, but a year is 
Yeah. I mean, not to have a job in Singapore for that long. Yeah, I mean, I had I had a job, but the job was not uh, going the way that I wanted. And then uh, the job that when she decided that she did not want it's to the keep same me at another one. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, this one with in the mm. right way. Um, so she decided that she did not want to keep me, and I was too expensive for her. This was so. This, so your first job with the Lazada, pre Lazada, yeah, pre Lazada, yeah, for everyone to understand the day that crazy boss of mine told me to hover the place. Hover, yeah, uh, hovering. Oh, clean, clean, yeah. So I was like, so yeah, why, place. why? Exactly. She, I, sh- I showed up in in the office one day. She's like, can you clean up the place? And I'm like, nope, I'm out. And uh, after that, I found another one. That was that that was in fashion actually. The was second first, one. Yeah, the second one was in fashion. Um, so that was probably year two. Mm. And so this one, were you hopeful? I was hopeful. This one, I was really hopeful. <laughs> I was like, it's gonna work out, and the salary is good, and all of that. And it did not work out. It was a very small fashion brand. Uh, local. Local. Yeah, local, and my role was to, you know, make sure the brand was, like, in uh, flagship stores and mm. things like that, travel to New York. So yeah, I did cool you stuff, yeah. I did cool stuff with them, but it was too too small, I think. So, yeah, I did not have enough money to pay me, or mm. so she said. And that was the cutoff. No, but if you had to, I guess if you had to travel to as far as New York, then maybe, yeah. Because technically she can do that herself if it's really yeah. small, right? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So, okay. So and then and then once that were one, you wait, so were you heartbroken at least when? Yeah, I was heartbroken. I was heartbroken, but lucky to have people around me mm. in Singapore. So, I had already created my uh, Net- uh, network and friends and support system. Mm. So that was the good thing. Uh, but I did. After that, I was like, okay, I'm going to continue to look for something mm-hmm. else. So I did that for three months. And after Did she cancel months, your pass or? Yeah. EP was off. So I yeah, only had a few yeah. weeks mm-hmm. and then went out, come back to extend the visa. Um, but yeah, after that, after the three months, I was exhausted and decided to go back home. That's it? Yeah, my sister booked me a flight. She was like, you're coming back. And I was like, okay, fine. So I stayed home for like three months. Mm. Uh, what did you do there? What did you do there? Back home. Yeah? In that three months? Mm-hmm. Not much. I was just, it was just for me to reconnect with uh, my family. But you didn't look for a job there? No, no. Really... No, in my head, it was always, I'm going back to Paris and Caribbean because I did both um, to just get the energy back mm. and I would come back in Singapore okay. after that. So you st- even after that, you still wanted to go back? Yeah, I still wanted. That's the kind of, yeah. You think about now and how we feel about Singapore <laughs> over the, when we first started, right? Yeah. Like, the hell? Yeah. Why did I still want to <laughs> come Singapore. back? For yeah. Singapore. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, so it was, that, it was like this in my head. I never went home and look for a job. Mm. Yeah, so came back after. You came back, you had a 
when you came back, you had a job offer or it's, no, still, it's again... Still, yeah, no job offers. So... CV, and and CV you, I, I'm assume, I assume while you were there, you weren't sending out CVs. A bit, but it, not as actively as I would when I was in Singapore. Really? I was really down. After the last job, I was really like... It was hard for me to like get mm. back into it and trust the process. Um, so, yeah, essentially, I was just chilling at home with my family. Okay going to the beach and enjoying my mom's food. Um, yeah, and then I came back. So this this second stint, how long did it take? Very did quick. You, did you go through the same process of mass emailing and stuff? This time I used my network. Mm. No mass emailing anymore. I used my network and like within a month, Oh, okay. I found something, yeah. Still in passion or? No, so that's where. So this is, so I, I <laughs> want to know, because Laurie is a programmatic trader. Right. I mean, from fashion, I mean, I know your, your, your degree is in trading, but I, it's a different trader. Yeah, different, different trader. So yeah, so I, how did that jump happen? And I mean, from trading, fashion, to advertising and not even the fun advertising. I mean, not the <laughs> making the ads advertising. So I actually joined a marketing agency which was specializing in F&B. Mm. That's when I started the marketing or the digital marketing rather uh, journey. And then after this company, so I stayed with that company uh, for two years. And after these two years, I decided that I really wanted to specialize myself into programmatic buys and digital marketing. So you, marketing. you loved it? Yeah, I've always loved it. I mean, it was the time where Facebook ads was emerging and Google Display Network ads was emerging. So it, mm-hmm. I found it quite interesting that I was logging on a platform searching for something and then on another platform my laptop for example I would have the same ad or like the same product I was looking for so, so when you fascinated yeah so when you accepted this job you were kind of over fashion or just I, yeah. you needed a job yeah no I was over it I was like at that point I was okay fashion is a passion not my vocation type mm. of okay. uh, mentality so I was like, I'm over it. It's fine if I'm not in fashion. So how did you come about this uh, marketing thing? Because I, I assume you didn't have like an experience, no. hands-on experience, no. right? So how did you, why did you decide to, I'll try this one? Um, because I thought it was always evolving, an evolving uh, environment. Mm. And I was like, I just need to find that one person who would be willing to train me. And so that I can continue doing yeah. uh, what I want to do. Uh, and I found that person. So that was the next company I joined. Mm. And after the marketing? After the, the, the agency, yeah. The marketing agency. So I joined a performance marketing agency. And At the right time too, I must say. Yeah, at the right time. Honestly, uh, it was great. We had one... Uh, meeting over beers and cigarettes and yeah you're telling me stories about it yeah and he was like I'm hiring you and from that from day one the first time we met he really trusted me and put everything uh, he had on me 
and still then he's still behind me and like mm. um, with me mentoring me um, so yeah I was lucky to have that so that's when I learned really programmatic with him mm. and now <laughs> oh man now <laughs> <laughs> I mean, now do you still want to knowing? Okay, so I've talked about my past agencies, I think, in the other episode, so no need to rehash. But I mean, now are you still interested, or I'm still interested. I I'm still interested. I just don't know if agency is um, the place to, the place to be it. or to do it. I think it'd be good for me to have an experience on the client side but you've never really no no i mean you i think for from my understanding at least mm. um programmatic is best done in media because they yeah. have all the yeah media contacts yeah but just what my friend who went from media agency of programmatic he's a trader went from a- agency to client side he he was like it's a very different POV because if if you're in agency your your point of view is maximized I have this mm. budget I need to make it yeah. but when you're in client it's the opposite you need to squeeze everything that's out true. yeah that's so true. it's a, a different yeah it's strategy, a different strategy I yeah I just think maybe agency the it's more the pace of the agency that's yeah super hands-on at mm. times you need to like work on something and then five next minute you need to like and i'm super organized well, wouldn't that be the same though i mean if it's still programmatic in house and it's still gonna be like that that you always need to be monitoring it yeah but you have it's for the same client mm. so in agency you jump Multiple. from a client to another in like a matter of minutes yeah. and I don't know, for my brain at times, it takes time to switch switch, my mind into the new client or the new project. So I think that's where I'm coming from. Um, But yeah, I mean, I'm not, I still want to do programmatic. Mm -hmm. I still enjoy digital marketing a lot. Uh, It's more where I'm going to do it. Yeah. True. Okay. So after that, we'll we'll take a break now and then. On our when we come back, we're going to talk about like the other things that Laurie experienced outside of outside of the looking for work. And we're back. Hi. Yeah. So social life in Singapore. How? I mean, I'm pretty sure we would not have stayed here this long if. All we did was work. <laughs> so how was your... Actually, how was your experience with the locals? Um, I mentioned earlier, you're black. How How is that like in Asia? Uh, in Asia? Okay, so I think when I first arrived 2013, even before that 2010, it was like, oh my God, black woman over there. So it was... People looking at me, staring at me. I have to say, though, because I, I left 2015, then I came back 2018. Right. I was actually quite surprised that there are more of you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so exactly someone, that. Yeah. Also so same. I, yeah. Same. So, anyway, um, you're saying. So yeah, it, we, I had a lot of stares and people asking me, oh, can I touch your hair? Uh, I've got Laurie has a... How do you describe your hair? 
curly hair, I guess. So it's not woolly hair. But it's not af- it's not no, the it's type not for afro, afro right? No, it's definitely not afro. It's a mix of afro and white, I would say. Uh, it's so straight. So, uh, yeah, a mix, I would say. Yeah, yeah good curly hair. Um, Have I ever asked to touch her hair? I think so. <laughs> but now, it doesn't bother me. It depends how people ask. Mm. I have my friends all the time touching my curls and I don't mind. But when you were like, when you just arrived here, yeah. Yeah, it was sometimes people would come across as rude. It was how are they? Rude. How are they asking? Like, don't even know her. Can I touch your hair? Oh, like, that straight okay. off. Like it's really strangers yeah, in the stra- mall. Oh yeah, yeah, straight. Yeah, or in the club, or yeah. Or people taking pictures of me without asking for permission. Asking for permission, yeah. How did that make you feel? It sounds horrible. It's horrible. It's really horrible, and it makes me angry because no one has the right to take pictures of one another. And but maybe they also that. thought you're hot because you're you're pretty. Thank you. Uh, but no, but even that... You knew like, it wasn't that... It was, yeah, it's it's more because people are curious and I understand it. Um, so yeah, that was my first... Or I also had a bit of racism as well mm. when you sit in the bus and then uncle would like stand up and like start nagging at you or like looking angry at you while you did not do anything. So yeah, I had how did you well. deal with that? Because I'm pretty sure did you have a similar experience in France? Actually, I've never encountered uh, racism in France. So that's the thing. So how did you? Yeah, so how it did was you hard. Yeah, it was hard for me to. Um, it was hard for me to cope with it because I was not in my country, and we know France has a lot of it. Mm. Uh, and to come all the way to Singapore and experience it was quite hard at the beginning and then I've learned to was this like during your internship or when you were starting to uh, both actually okay throughout now it's stopped or I've never had anything but before it was like people calling me a thief because I don't know black people apparently had this reputation in Singapore of being Is it? thieves yeah huh yeah I've never well like I've never really had a black friend in Singapore, so I wouldn't know. Yeah, but. so that's that was back then. I think it has changed or evolved. Uh, but yeah, that yeah, I had that a lot. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, quite. But, it's quite I mean, surprising when you're when you're when you found yourself in those situations. Mm-hmm. Like, how did you deal with it in that moment? So, you, were you just ignoring them or? Yeah, brush it off. I could get, I would have time where I get angry, but then I realized after they're just ignorant, they don't know. And they don't know. And yeah. as long as people were not harming me, then I was. It's okay. Yeah. Not causing trouble. Were you. And your friends are here, your network. Mm-hmm. Were they like black also or mostly like animals or. Um, and were you telling them like your experiences too and. How were they reacting to it? Most of my friends are British because my boyfriend's British. Mm. So we built that British network 
I don't have French friends. Yeah, Laurie mentioned to me once when he when she meets French people here, they she doesn't speak French. Yeah, I don't I don't like it. I don't know why it's weird like that. Uh, I've got no French friends. Most of my friends British, like I said, mm. local a little bit, but it's nothing very in depth. Mm. And then after that, it's expats, so Philippines, yeah, uh, India. Were you, yeah, were you sharing with them your experience? Because to me, really, like I mentioned, you're like the first real black friend. Mm-hmm. And I, cognitively, I will, I know, okay, they have a different experience and stuff. But yeah. I don't really understand. So you're, mm-hmm. you're giving me this very, uh, more better POV. Yeah. So were you like sharing this and how were they reacting? Um, I would share with my black friends because I also have other black friends. Mm. Um, and were they like, were they saying oh, I, I yeah, experienced the same thing? Or yeah, people would sometimes say I experienced the same thing. One of one friend of mine told me once that uh, one he was in a very famous hotel in Singapore, and one of the waiter said that he did not want to serve him because he was black. What the f- yeah. that's a fireable offense, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. I don't know what he did next after that, but he was, yeah, he made, he caused trouble. Um, by right. Yeah, by right. So, yeah, I mean, there is racism for sure. And I feel it a lot more here than when I'm in France. But, I mean, you mentioned it's better now. Yeah, I think now it's better. Or maybe I yeah, just don't pay it. attention. Mm. Yeah. Okay, because... No, me, I don't really experience racism because I look Chinese, Japanese, Korean, mm-hmm. whatever. So it's really, it, it very rarely, but I call it soft racism. Like, oh, you're Filipino, so you must like basketball. Like, <laughs> no, well, yeah, I do, but, you know, I mean, it's soft racism. That's the yeah. extent of my experience. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we, we have that a lot as well. Like, last time my friend... Uh, it was just meeting for the first time someone, and he's from Somalia, Somalia, and here, yeah, he's a Somalian, and the girl asked him, "Oh, so you like running then?" But it's not Somalia, right? Yeah, it's, yeah, <laughs> Kenya, Kenya, Ethiopia, <laughs> and then she was like completely being ignorant. So he looked at her like, "You better shut up," because, um, but it's such yeah, it's so bad like to assume that. East uh, African, like, are runners. Not everyone runs in <laughs> East Africa. So, yeah. But, yeah. I mean, it's, to me, sometimes I tell my friends, it's actually, yeah, they're ignorant. Yeah, but, I mean, they mm. just need exposure to. Because mm. there's not a lot of you here. But that if you... True. If, I guess, more of you come here and people see that no, not all yeah. of them are thieves, then yeah. it's going to be... Yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah. But we have TV, I mean, Singapore uh, is I mean, exposed. It's, it's different. It's in, like me, I have a cognitive understanding of it, but I don't mm. really know. It's different when watching TV. Hello, yeah. you you mentioned before our two colleagues using the N-word. Oh, yeah. So, like, why? That is true, yeah, I forgot <laughs> about that. Oh, yeah, this also is bad. Yeah, we're like, why? I mean, I find it funny because, like, dude, do you even know yeah. why? But, yeah. So, it's that level of and they, they probably think it's cool because they see mm. it on TV. Or they hear it on, in rap songs or... Yeah. Yeah, this so it's bad. that kind of... You can, you can... 
you can watch something all you want, but it's still different when you actually start mm. living it or it's actually true. seeing it in real life. That is true. Yeah. But hey, yeah, I'm black and actually I'm super proud of it. So yeah, nothing that's gonna affect that. When we went to Bali last year, so me and our other friend, our other colleague, um, we were going back. We had dinner and we were going back to our room. And then we saw this hot girl in the in the lobby, like, the, and we weren't me and Yunzi were were discussing it that there's a hot girl there, and then when we were close, like, fuck, it's lying, <laughs> and that's when we were starting. Oh my god, your lips so red. Yeah, yeah, I put she, makeup on. I usually she cleans up nice. Don't put makeup like yeah. On to be fair, basis, yeah, yeah. Because, like, most of the people here, I think it's also an Asian thing, they put on makeup, yeah. but Laurie doesn't really. Yeah, no. But you neither. You don't. It, well, that's laziness. But I put a lot of gunk on my face to preserve it. Yeah, I mean, I've got also a skin routine. Probably not as extensive as yours. <laughs> but, I yeah, I think the makeup thing is, you have to deserve it, or people have that you're going out with have to deserve it. I see it more as a one-off type of thing. True. Yeah. Yeah. So how did you friends? How did you create your network? Because uh, you have you seem to have a lot of friends. Yeah, I mean seven years now, so Yeah, I've been here ten years. I'm still I'm still friends with the same people. <laughs> <laughs> well that's also my thing. I think mostly it was through my boyfriend. So I met my boyfriend and then we created our own little network. So you were couples. So you arrived twenty thirteen. Mm-hmm. He at the same time most like did he go here like most at this uh, roughly the same yeah, time. Yeah, roughly the same time. He so arrived you were, April twenty thirteen and I was there in January twenty thirteen. Yeah. So yeah, so you were at least on the same Yeah. Like mission as expats. Yeah, exactly. But he had an expat package. So mm. that was the difference where I was struggling to find a job. He uh, had he went home. here. Yeah, he had an EP, he had like uh his house flat. paid for, yeah. <laughs> all that. So it was it was the difference. Bless him, he helped me a lot. Um and supported me a lot. Mm. No, so yeah, so that network so you were basically together um experiencing the expat mm. experience yeah so how did you like yeah how did how did that go about i'm living it's here it's my first time living outside of my house right how did you make yourself comfortable or feel at home you i never felt at home until actually the last two years is it so you yeah I, i've always felt like i'm transiting it was mm. not home home um but how did you... It's a tough question, actually. Because most of your time will still be in Singapore. So how did yeah. you make it like, comfortable? And Yeah, I guess um, my boyfriend was the one making it a bit more homey and mm. a bit more safe. Uh, friends come and go, I feel. Or that's how I felt at the time. Not really... Yeah, you come home a lot. Yeah, yeah. Probably uh, that was also the reason why I go home quite often. Um, yeah, it's a tough question, actually. 
So a lot of going out, a lot of birthday, and once you have that network, it's just it just keeps rolling and rolling. Like mm. oh, there's this guy's birthday, and I met that girl, and maybe she invited me to I don't know a specific type of workout or things like that. Um, so it's just really through meeting people and hanging out with the network that you've you've already built. Um, does that answer your question? Sure. I mean, I don't know. I mean, sure. I don't okay. know. <laughs> no, I sorry. I don't know the right answer. Yeah, don't think there's a right or wrong. Um, but that was, I think, my way of integrating Singapore in your life. Yeah. How long do you think you can still stay? Maybe. You don't I'm know soon. now. I'm soon to go. Yeah, but, are you, oh, but you mentioned before you're not going back to France. No, to no, no. No, France is... How is it like working there? In France? Yeah. Actually, it's very... It's a lot less... Uh, people are less hardworking, I feel. <laughs> no, way. we get shit done. For sure. Sorry, I cursed. We get things done. Um, but we also know how and when to stop yeah. working. So... We arrived on time at work, so people work from 9 to 6. We two hours lunch, is it? One or two hours. <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, you have to finish the bottle of wine. And outside of those hours, we really work and get things done. And after 6, you go home and carry on with life because mm. work is not all you, mm. you have. But why did you want to leave that? Kind of, or were you just itchy feet there? Uh, my, yeah, my feet were itchy, and I was always, since very young, always wanted to learn new languages, mm. meet new culture, not always be in my own comfort. comfort you you zone. learned English here, right? I learned it at school. Um, as what? As uh, when a I did my school. yeah school. Mm. So my all my classes were in English and Spanish. So, no French. Ah, okay. Yeah. And then when I, obviously when I arrived, I perfected it. I used to, I mean, travel a lot. My dad um, used to live in a English-speaking uh, Caribbean country. Mm, so, okay. there I also practiced yeah. it as well. Yeah. Yeah, so, like, going back, what, what made you, like, decide that? I mean, was there anything specific to France? Working culture that, nope, I don't want to work here. Yeah, I think it was... The wine. No, the, the <laughs> wine will always be my favorite. Um, it was... The people, really. People were always unhappy. And I realized that it's the and, same as... Anywhere, anywhere, right? Yeah, anywhere. <laughs> it's people anywhere. are just... Unless you're a millionaire, you're probably not happy. They're also probably not happy. Yeah, they're also... No one's happy, I guess. Um, but yeah, it was... I think the environment, Paris, was always so grey and it was cold all the time. And yeah, it was the time for me to like go out and experience something else. I was always an explorer. I'm, mm. I like adventure. Um, I like to do new stuff. I like to put, my, to put myself into at pressure or at risk. But why, why so far away? Uh, this is... Because New York is like true, next door. True. I guess because of the opportunity. So when I first did the internship in mm-hmm. 2010. So you had yeah. good prospects. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And your next, do you have any idea where you want? I'm hoping New York or London. I'm very hopeful for London, so at least I have friends to visit when I go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but New York as well. New York is a great city. Um, I need to go back, man. I told yeah, you I before, I was I was too young to enjoy, enjoy. New York. Yeah, I mean, the two times I've been was amazing. And I was also not as... I mean, my you age didn't was... Have yeah, money then, yeah so. I didn't have enough money to enjoy it the way I... Um, I love London as well. Yeah, me too. So Even if it's so city. sad. Yeah, the, me, the weather is sad. sad yeah. But I mean, love it. It's yeah. better than this! Tropical! Yeah, yeah. But Laurie loves tropical. I love yeah. tropical. <laughs> so, um, any good, nice things to say about Singapore in general? Like, you know. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. Singapore is an amazing country when you look at it. It's safe. If, if you use your, like, if you're going to be objective about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, of course. Of course. Always trying to be. I think the safety is one thing, and the way people respect their country and mm. the culture mm. is amazing to see how people can live together, uh, but yet have different um, religions. Yeah. So they're actually they're very good with that. Yeah, the religious good. thing. Yeah. yeah. So we celebrate Christmas, but we also celebrate Eid, and mm. it's nice to see everyone in symbiosis and see how everyone can understand each other and live with each other because obviously I'm from Paris and mm. in Paris we don't always have that um, so that I would say this and safety people are also friendly uh, in a way she <laughs> <laughs> just made the face <laughs> <laughs> no they are friendly they're friendly oh, in a very oh um, yeah oh, distant please. way yeah wait don't don't put that on just put the nice things <laughs> um, Yeah, they are friendly. It's no, just they not are friendly. Probably the way... Because in Philippines, we we kind of very close. The, mm. the relationship, I know... I will meet the family at some point yeah. of my friends, right? Mm-hmm. They, I don't think you will reach that level of friendship here yeah, in Singapore. No, no. Yeah. yeah, they're very reserved. Yeah. They're very into themselves. Um, not warm for most of yeah. them, but that doesn't mean they're not they're nice. nice. Yeah, yeah. Um, and what else? I was actually telling my housemates yesterday, like food here is cheap. Yeah, food is cheap. Yeah. The food is cheap, and it's so efficient. The efficiency of Singapore is incredible. And the response to the coronavirus is oh, pretty. Yeah. Oh, yeah. To talk about coronavirus again. And they they knew how to respond because people were panicking. Okay, Prime yeah, Minister. Prime Minister. Well, that, it would have been the only person, right? Yeah. That would come. And they actually, down. they believe him. For all oh, the for crap, sure. for all the crap they say about their government, they pretty love yeah. their government no, and they yeah. trust them. Yeah. They have no choice, really. Um, they've, they've not they been always, given any choice. They that's the thing with that's why they're also efficient. It's the reason why they are who mm. they are is yeah. because yeah. limited resources. Yeah. Hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. But yeah, the efficiency, the safety. Yeah. Give it Diversity. a few more years, uh. Uh, we'll see. <laughs> no, thanks. You um, you you give it more shots. 
No, after after I went to London, that's when I realized that fuck the Singapore dollar is so strong. Like, yeah, no, it's right. It's really I'd be it's stupid crazy. to yeah. to leave yeah. just because of the weather. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a it's a great city to live in. It's a great city. I've had a lot of challenges and um, it made you tough. It made me a hundred percent tougher. And wherever I go next, I always think of. Singapore yeah. as a benchmark or compared with because obviously it was my first city to live in but yeah definitely good experience and yeah and with that because actually we were, we were hoping to finish this in one hour so I think we kind of hit it we did yeah because Laurie has socials so yeah Laurie thanks for giving me the time next time let's Anytime. try to do this with another mic and with Jovi on the other line. Yes, please. So, uh, yeah, thanks. It was enjoyable. I didn't know the full story of your expat experience. <laughs> so that's at least something, a new information I got. So, yeah. Thanks for listening, guys. Bye. Bye. Admit it, you miss me. <laughs> You miss having me next to you so much. Oh my god, every day I think about you. It's true though.